around because of foreign wars we wage More to do with the colors blue and red Many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And, of course, I normally at this point say mostly peaceful, but uh, no, not mostly at all, not today. I continue to the same things continuing to happen over and over again. Continue to watch the media <clears throat> excuse me, the media try and pretend like they're journalists, and meanwhile they blatantly try to control what you're thinking, try to guide what you should think, uh, sit around and continue to propagate the lie itself that, uh, that Donald Trump uh, is lying every time he makes an accusation. There's a difference. Maybe you don't uh, believe his accusation. Maybe you feel like there's not sufficient evidence because you don't want to bother to kick over uh, the rock and look underneath. Maybe you don't want to uh, use a lever to move that large log where all the critters are scurrying about if you move it to see what's going on. Maybe you don't want to take the time, don't want to put in the effort. That may be true, but that doesn't make it a lie. If Donald John Trump makes a declarative statement out of his frustration over the fact that people who are supposed to investigate things are refusing to investigate things, that is not a lie. Even if it turns out after full investigation, even if it was to turn out that there wasn't sufficient evidence, (coughs) 
That doesn't mean that an event didn't occur. It just means they were really good at covering it up, or at least good enough at covering it up to establish what's necessary in a court of law. And the bar is set pretty high for a court of law, and it should be protect the innocent. But the media needs to understand they are continuing to lose the respect and credibility anywhere, not just of the American people but around the world. They need to understand why, and it's because they refuse to acknowledge that they have picked a side. They refuse to acknowledge the fact that they are no longer independent, neutral commentators of the facts. They will set back, and they will very sanctimoniously speak to us, their listeners, as though we should believe every single thing they say because they have a degree in journalism. Believe everything because they're so much smarter than us. And understand how to build their own case. I'm sorry, but repeating to me over and over again, sticking a disclaimer on every single uh, meme and video that pops up that says the AP has called doesn't mean jack. The election isn't done to the Electoral College votes and is certified. Until that moment, the AP can call the election a purple wasabahoozy. And it means exactly the same as saying that uh, they've called the election for Joe Biden. Now, once all the dust settles and once all the dirty tricks and swamp activities have been concluded, it may very well be the case where they are attempting to install a Joe Biden, a barely there Biden, a Beijing Biden, a creepy, handsy, grabby Uncle Joe. They may end up attempting to do exactly that for the whatever amount of time they end up letting him have the position. But that doesn't mean as a journalist or as a um, someone who's supposed to be a straight reporter that you get to stand up in front of cameras and say Donald Trump lied again about his unsubstantiated claims. No, stop it. I mean naturally they're not going to. I can sit here and I can bang my – Head against the wall. I can pound my fist against the desk. I can smash my computers and throw stuff through my TV screens. It's only going to put me in a situation where I feel even worse. They're not going to stop because they don't even understand what they're doing wrong. They don't understand where they have divulged from the path of journalism. You know, and that's just it. If they want to set on MSNBC, where at least now MSNBC, they don't even really pretend like they're news anymore. They've burst the bubble, so now I, I can respect them a little bit more over there. They've acknowledged, well, I'm a commentator, I'm a spokesperson, I'm uh, a cheerleader for the cause. It's like, okay, be honest about who you are, and then everyone who's listening will know that you're coming at it with a bias. Now, it should be easy enough for the average American to listen to somebody speak for two seconds, watch how they report two different stories, and see the difference in how they approach it. I was watching local news coverage just the other day of 
the Wuhan situation where a year later the recovery is strong. And then listening also to Donald Trump planning to go to Georgia. And he continues to lie about his baseless claims of voter fraud. Now, naturally, this was before Donald Trump went and uh, had his little speck. And for those of you that are listening to the replay on great radio stations across the country, time of the live broadcast happens to be Sunday afternoon. It's December 6th. It is a little after 3 p.m. Eastern. So at this time, he's been there. He called out uh, Governor Kemp again and made a lot of harsh statements, but he was uh, still venting his frustration, and then he stumped for the two senatorial candidates for the state of Georgia, for the Republican Party. That was the intent of his visit there. He did a pretty good job of making the case, I think, uh, from the footage that I've seen. But at the end of the day, because Donald Trump chose to vent his frustrations before going headlong into the push for the two senatorial candidates, a lot of people want to make a big deal out of that. Ooh, uh, once again, Donald Trump being Donald Trump, he couldn't help himself. The man is extremely frustrated at the moment, and rightfully so. So I'm sorry. Uh, I think most people ought to give him a little bit of leeway. You know, I mean, even if you are one of these uh, conservatives by name that's just never liked Donald Trump and you're looking for any excuse to pounce, yes, is it a good look that uh, somebody is always upset about what's happened to them? Yeah. I get it. I, I understand what you're saying. But at the moment, I also understand the extreme level of frustration because the people who were supposed to be doing the job of bringing the illegal activities to light are sitting back and acting like, well, we haven't seen evidence of enough to justify changing the results, so that doesn't really justify investigating. No. That's not right. And what happens? The leftist <laughs> Cajun in the chat room just uh, said, enjoying a cup of tea and listening to Tim Tap. It can't get any better than that. Uh, and this is where we heard that before. <laughs> it's one of the celebrity clips uh, from the uh, Ron Edwards show, <laughs> and it's quite a good one too, I might add. Uh, thanks for the chuckle. Uh, I could use it. Uh, probably ought to give a shout-out to Chief and Cajun, who are hanging out in the chat room right now with me. Uh, hey, guys. Glad to have you here. Chief, of course, is the host of a great show in its own right. It's called Simple Facts of Life. If you haven't already checked it out, I encourage you to do so. You can visit him at blogtalkradio.com. At the top of the homepage where you land, you will see a little search bar. You can put in QMCUSN if you like. It'll take you straight there. Or you can just put in Simple Facts of Life, hit search, and you may scroll, may have to scroll down just a little bit, but it's not very far. You will find the show, and I would encourage you to join him live on Tuesdays. He gets started at 6 p.m. Eastern. You, of course, can adjust to your time zone accordingly. I have that level of faith in you. So glad to have you guys on board. Thank you so much. So anyway, I, I'm just 
I'm stuck in this catch-22 because I found myself desperately trying to get in the holiday spirit, right? And I'm desperately trying to get positive, and I'm trying to find news stories that uh, have to do with something other than the election because everybody's covering it to death. You're getting election fatigue. I get it. I understand. Feeling a little of it myself. I want to be kept informed, but there's not a whole lot of new information that's been coming out. And if you rely on the legacy media, you're not hearing anything about what's actually happening. You've got to go to places like Newsmax and One American News if you want to get uh, the most up-to-date information about what's actually happening because everybody else is trying to close the page. Well, they're trying to turn the page. They're trying to close the book. They're trying to act like there's nothing to see here. Let's move on. They're trying to, as uh, Chief said earlier in regards to Trump, any difference of opinion is classified as a lie, and that's where they're at. So we're not allowed to deal with lies anymore. I'm sorry, since when was that the standard for journalism? They talk about lies all the time, and yet the standard has always been if there is any possibility that something might be true, no matter how unlikely, no matter how you personally feel about it, you must reframe from referring to it as a lie. You simply say there is an allegation. You may go so far as to say something along the lines of the highly unlikely allegation, but even that would have been pushing the boundaries of actual journalism because your job isn't to tell us how to feel or how to think about something if you're a journalist, if you're a reporter. Your job is simply to garner the facts and report on the information wherever that may lead. I keep returning back in my mind to Sam Donaldson. Uh, Sam Donaldson, clearly, clearly a left-leaning kind of guy. There's no doubt about it. And he relished the spotlight, and he had that air of, I am a journalist, therefore I am better than most of you. He did, and he may not have intended to have that air, but he had it, or at least that's the way he seemed to me. But I do seem to recall Sam Donaldson nearly relishing the fact to report on a certain Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. when he was running for president on a previous occasion, and the story broke of his plagiarism where he was plagiarizing speeches. I seem to recall Sam Donaldson loving to report that story. Now, again… Joe Biden was a Democrat then too. In fact, Joe Biden was probably more of a safe Democrat bet then than he is now. He fit the the block way better than he does now, looking like a guy who can barely uh, shuffle across a room by himself. Oh, oh, Miss Mr. President Elect, Mr. President Elect, I see you're not wearing your boot. Are you going to be okay? Is that a smart thing to do? <clears throat> really? Ooh, thank you for the hard-hitting question. But hey, at the very least, they are, if you think about it, questioning his judgment. So maybe if they get a little more serious that matters to the Americans and a does the same thing, maybe we'll have assembling jerks Even though it will probably be extremely short-lived and will end as soon as they remove Joe Biden, which you know, I've been saying it for a while now, uh, a very short while. But it occurs to me that when these people say they're going to hold 
uh, Biden to the same standard that they did Trump, they may very well mean it because now that they think they have him installed, uh, the work of removing him begins immediately. All right. Anyway, that's enough of my over-the-top, off-the-top-of-the-show ramblings. I just it really – I have to watch some of this stuff in order to get the information to do this. And when I come across this, when I see Jim Acosta being Jim Acosta, and he can't say two words about Trump without calling him names. I'm sorry, Jim Acosta. Uh, you are not the arbiter of truth. As a journalist, that should be your ultimate goal, but you're not a journalist. Opinion guy who wants the story to be about you. Anyway, I just switch gears. Uh, the main story here, which I have been seeing surprisingly little coverage of this either. I mean, there's been a little, but I haven't seen much. There was a violent, uh, uh, some violent clashes that took place in Washington State's capital uh, yesterday, Saturday, during a back the blue rally when black block anarchists held their own counter-protests. Now, again, I, I have trouble calling these counter-protests. I do, because a protest in a place like Washington State, particularly in Olympia, which is where this happened, uh, they require you to get permits for your protests. They require you to have a plan in place. They require you to demonstrate goodwill that you are simply trying to make people aware of your point that you're not looking to start trouble. But without doubt, without question, and without fail, these counter-protests are almost always word of mouth. Hey, uh, these guys picked up a uh, – they picked up a permit, so we're just going to all show up. It's like that's, that's not a protest under the legal definition of the state, or at the very least it's not a legal protest, right? If you're in Olympia, if you're in uh, uh, Portland, Oregon, if you're in uh, Dallas, Texas, if you do not have the proper permits – and let's be honest. This is a majority of the country. If you don't have the proper permits, uh, you had better be leftist because they'll look the other way for you. To, you better have the potential of being highly violent because they'll look the other way then. But if you're a nice group of uh, – Christian folks that are trying to show support for the police, and you didn't get your proper permit, you're going to be busted up in five seconds, and some of y'all will probably be going to jail. You'll at least be getting a ticket because they fully intend on enforcing the law when you break their permit requirements. And I don't know if it's just because they want to try and control certain groups on the street or if it's just because they want the extra money that they typically can get because lots of times these permits have to be paid for. And I don't know why it has to be just one or the other. It could very well be both in multiple occasions. But uh, the Olympia Police Department released a uh, notice saying, quote, large group of opposing protesters started near the Capitol and are now moving through downtown Olympia. Near City Hall, the group, the groups, plural, 
have dispersed into smaller groups and are moving throughout the area. Officers are monitoring to ensure things are peace from here forward. Now, the uh, Black Bloc anarchists held their own little event uh, titled Squash Fascist, and the two groups uh, baited each other throughout the day. In fact, there's footage uh, that uh, was uh, provided by photojournalist Independent Media PDX. Uh, the Black Bloc members burned American flags, and the Back the Blue supporters retaliated by burning a black umbrella, which many Antifa members carry to conceal their identities. So it's kind of a, ooh, yeah, why don't you come out into the light? Why don't you stop hiding who you are? But uh, the footage showed a lot of baiting and then some yelling and some ridiculous activities. And uh, eventually things got a little more heated than words. The Olympia Police Department said that the groups, quote, have largely dispersed. Uh, an arrest was made for two counts of felony assault. An additional charge may be referred for reckless endangerment as well. Uh, another quote here, we did make an arrest for a subject that appeared to fire at least one round from a handgun into the opposing crowd. Any witnesses to that crime contact uh, the Olympia Police Department through the 911 system. So a single round fired into a crowd? Now, Olympia wasn't the only place where groups clashed. In St. Paul, Minneapolis, groups prepared for uh, confrontation as well. Uh, in California, black bloc militants wielded shields and chanted, no more proud boys in Sacramento. There were a heavy police presence with officers wearing riot gear. Police officers fired non-lethal munitions and uh, at rowdy demonstrators dressed all in black. Wonder who those folks could be. Antifa. There were multiple clashes across the country over the weekend. Alleged Proud Boys and Black Bloc members clashed. Uh, Black Bloc members attacked Trump supporters and left leaving people injured. So then the Proud Boys uh, or folks that were identified as Proud Boys uh, retaliated. That is something the Proud Boys typically have done. That's where the Proud Boys came from. So you're not going to hear that from the legacy media. The Proud Boys wrote as a direct response to Antifa, or I guess now uh, we're supposed to call them black bloc protesters. These people that are wearing all black and hiding their faces and hiding behind umbrellas and wearing anarchist symbols. These people were going around. They were targeting easy prey, or at least who they typically thought were easy prey. They pulled sucker punches. They came up from behind you. They swing chains. They swing baseball bats. Sometimes they have firearms. But the difference here is the confrontations didn't 
go just one way. There was pushback. The average Americans, the regular everyday folks who are fed up with the BS, who were showing support for the police in the case in Olympia, the people that were showing support for Donald Trump in other parts of the country where similar things took place, these people are doing their American constitutionally protected, God-given right to get out in public and peacefully assemble and share their feelings, their thoughts. At the end of the day, this is one group of Americans who were saying, we've had enough of the crap. Let's remember that we like our police officers. We need our police officers. Uh, we currently live in a situation where violent crimes are already too high, even in well areas, but afford to turn over our streets to the criminals, which is what we do if we abolish the police. The powder keg has been set. The fuse has been attached. We are very, very close to seeing that fuse not only lit, but for an explosion to occur. Now, this is not me calling for it. This is not me rooting for it. This is me warning you that this is where we are at. When we're seeing this on the street, when the people who right now – because you know they don't uh, pay any attention to Newsmax. They are, they're not paying attention to One America. They're watching all the legacy media outlets. They believe their guy won, and now they're trying to send a message to that guy that he's got to do everything uber-leftist and establish socialism, or they're still going to be on the streets. That's the message that's being sent. Do you think Joe Biden's getting that message? Joe Biden's sitting around waiting for pills and his pudding, hoping somebody will bring him his slippers and hoping he doesn't have to go out again and have to wear another boot. And I still cannot be convinced that Kamala Harris didn't trip him, hoping that he would break a different part of his body. And folks in the chat room, and I want to give a shout-out to Hank Jones, who's joined us in the chat room. Uh, Hank Jones is the uh, host of Polysports, great part of the uh, Global Patriot uh, Radio Network. Glad to have you in here with us, Hank. Uh, Hope you are doing well, sir. You can find his show and the entire uh, Global Patriot Radio Network uh, on uh, Blog Talk Radio. It's a good place. If there are other places uh, that we can find it too, please let me know, Hank. Uh, Hank does a fantastic job, by the way. I truly love the show. I don't get to listen live very often, but I make a point of making sure that uh, his, along with a couple of other shows over on the Global Patriot Radio Network that I work them in uh, as I go back and listen to Annie and uh, Don, I try to 
to these folks when I can. It's well worth it. I highly recommend you do it. And Hank says, Kamala definitely tripped him. <laughs> bad dog. Said his dog tripped him. They didn't say which one. Bad, bad Kamala. Kamala, bad girl. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Oh, uh, Hank uh, says that uh, he can't complain. Ask me how I'm doing. I'm I'm desperately trying to cling to the Christmas spirit right about now, but I started off the top of the show complaining about media coverage again. <laughs> but other than that, I'm doing all right. Uh, Hank does say that he's moved uh, his show uh, 30 minutes later so that he can uh, catch my show on Wednesdays. Uh, and, uh, yeah, still on at 7 on Wednesdays. Just uh, had a little time I was forced to be off. <laughs> And then he said, so 30 minutes earlier then. Okay, so if you want to catch Shank Jones, uh, check him out on Wednesdays, and uh, it is a great show. Well worth it. Okay, anyway, it is time to take the mid-hour break, so that's what we'll do, assuming that I can get cooperation from my switchboard. And uh, what I'm going to ask you to do is stay right where you're at. Don't go anywhere. On the flip side here, we will uh, continue right on. a man who worked very hard to provide for his family, but times were tough. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, one Christmas, the man's five-year-old daughter used all of the family's gold wrapping paper for one shoebox that she placed under the family tree. Money was tight, so the struggling dad wondered where the daughter got the money to buy whatever was in that shoebox. Nevertheless, Christmas morning, the little girl filled with excitement brought the gift box to her father. As he opened the box, the dad became angry and said, Don't you know, when you give someone a present, there should be something in the package. The little girl, with tears rolling down her cheeks, whispered, Daddy, it's not empty. I blew kisses into it until it was full. The father was crushed and begged his precious daughter to forgive him for his unnecessary anger. An accident took the life of the child a short time later. It is told that the father kept the little box by his bed all the days of his life. Whenever he was discouraged, he would open the box, take out an imaginary kiss, and remember the love of his beautiful child who put it there. In a real sense, each of us has been given an invisible golden box filled with unconditional love from family, friends, and most of all, God, who gave us his son. Merry Christmas, America. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the VA.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. 
This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. with me through that very brief break. I want to give a quick reminder that if you're listening to this program on one of the great radio stations across the country that carries this show, uh, please take a few moments to send a little love to those stations. Uh, it is that time of year where uh, we do tend to, to think about those less fortunate, but sometimes we forget uh, that uh, there are folks that are out there uh, working their backsides off to try and make sure that voices like mine and voices like Hanks and Chiefs and voices like uh, Ron Edwards and Ann Ubellis and Don Smith and uh, all the folks at uh, Global Patriot Radio Net and, uh, you know, Suzette over at Suzette Live. There are people out there that are working hard to make sure that there are voices like that that have additional platforms to be heard. And so if you can visit their websites if you can show some support whether that be or just emotional does go along remember folks are out they at the very least need to hear from let them know that you're loving what you're hearing what shows you like best and uh let them know you're going to continue to support them whatever they have to do uh if they have membership opportunities uh uh check it out uh you you never really know exactly to what degree uh, there's a lot of value out there for certain memberships. Uh, feel free uh, to to support whatever way you can. But like I said, if you're not in a position where you can afford to, and in 2020, believe me, brother, I know if you can't afford to. Uh, but it only takes a, a little bit of time to, to send these folks an email and just let them know that you're really enjoying what they do. All right. Uh, now, where was I at? So we talked about the uh, violence in the first segment that has occurred uh, various places across the country, but uh, the biggest, I think, and uh, most interesting uh, outbreak occurred in Olympia, Washington. And looking at this scenario, you see where folks are tired of being pushed around, and they're starting to push back with more frequency. Part of this is the frustration from feeling like nobody's been listening for a long time. They don't like being ignored. I mean, if you're putting the bill for something, you should have some say on how that uh, is done, right? Uh, we have elected officials that continue to forget that they work for us, and that means all of us. They've got to find a way to walk that tight uh, rope between uh, the squeaky wheels and uh, the folks that are trying to uh, hang on to what they have. Too many, too many government officials believe that whatever we have earned, whatever we have through our blood, sweat, and tears managed to acquire, that uh, 
it all still ultimately belongs to them. And why not? I mean it's a system that works great around the world, right? You see socialists trying to take that image to paint it with these lovely colors and make it sound like a, a great thing, and you have some people who are simply suffering from a glorious lack of life experience that buy into the, hey, why can't everything be free? Why can't the government pay for everything? Because the government has no money of its own, none. Not a, every penny that the federal government has comes from taxpayers. Now, maybe you personally don't pay taxes, but wouldn't it be nice if instead of wanting somebody to just give you stuff free that you eventually found yourself in a situation where you moved into the realm of financial stability where you became a taxpayer? Wouldn't that be a better thing? The problem is there's too many people now who don't realize that, yes, that would be a better thing. Why is this a hard concept? Well, because you have so many people trying to indoctrinate you in the other direction. It's about like Friday night's conversation where I got a little worked up on the San Diego uh, County School System now requiring their teachers to attend critical race theory training. Where leaked documents from this training showed that all of the educators were required to acknowledge that they were racist if they happened to be white, where they were all required to acknowledge that they came from a position of privilege, that they must be aware of that privilege and their inherent racism as they taught their students, that they teach their white students the same thing. They're being required required in order to hold their positions to to accept this and to understand that oh yeah and if it makes you angry that somebody's calling you racist regardless of what you uh, actually do in your life regardless of how you feel regardless of what you think regardless of the fact that you may be someone who has turned down opportunities to go to different school systems to stay in challenged schools if it makes you angry that somebody says, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Nothing you've done matters. You are racist, period. It doesn't matter. There's no excuse. There's no alternative. There's no other possibility. That makes you mad. Well, that's just your racism showing. Now, when this was the mandatory mindset, what is going to come from Nothing good. Nothing good can come from that because here's the thing. The idea behind that also continues to put in the thoughts. It continues in the hearts and the mind of the students that it's supposed to be helping that they are victims. And if you accept that as your mindset, then you will be. You're not going to be victims of the white guy, you're going to be victims of the state because this is just another tool that the government is using to assert more control over more people, period. And if you would spend more than five minutes actually thinking about what you're being told in these situations, it would become pretty obvious in a short time even if you've been poorly educated. 
which, oh yeah, by the way, is the goal for a lot of these people. They want you just smart enough to follow instructions, but not smart enough to ask the right questions. Questions like, well, why do we do this? Why does it have to be this? Why does this seem to, to benefit you a lot more than me when you're supposedly saying that you're putting the means of productions in, in the hands of the people? Well, if the people don't know anything about producing that particular product, why should the means of production be in their hands? How do you expect a good product to be produced? Hey, isn't that what we saw in South Africa when they went around taking farms from uh, white landowners, and then all of a sudden people were starving to death in parts of the country because they just gave it to people who had no idea how to farm? Where'd all the food go? Well, when the farmers weren't farming anymore, I mean, you maybe should have put some thought into that. At the very least, if you're going to take stuff away from people who know how to do something and give it to somebody else that it doesn't belong to, at the least make sure they have the skills you need. At least make sure they know how to do what you're doing. Ken Crow, not that long ago, was on this show talking about systemic racism in the education system here in the United States, and he was talking about Detroit. In particular, and I've still continued to have conversation with him off air about this because Ken, like a lot of people, saw a flaw in what was going on, and he was willing to accept that that was systemic racism. That's not systemic racism. To be systemic, it means the system has to provide its means. The system itself is set up to be racist. But the example he used were these young uh, kids who couldn't get a fair shake. They couldn't get their uh, their opportunities to go to a, a, a different school because the system was set up to keep them from getting it. So, I, excuse me. I'm sorry. What? The, the scholarship money has been approved. It's been put in the communities. How is it the system that's stopping you? Well, the school boards will do these things, and they won't let us do it. That's not the, – the system has been set up to provide these opportunities. The corruption of the people who are supposed to be managing the system is the question there, and not a, 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 a argument about semantics, which was something – I have been accused of in this area. No, there is a very big difference here. It is not a matter of semantics. If the system is set up where specifically the rules say you cannot discriminate based on color, creed, race, religion, then the system is working against racism. But if the system isn't uh, – Written in a way, if the laws and the rules aren't established so strongly, and if the people that are supposed to be enforcing the rules and the laws, and that the people who are supposed to be administering the proper use of the system, if they're flawed, if they're corrupt, then the system cannot function the way it was set up, which means by definition that is not systemic that simply – Actions by individuals more than likely are operating in their own interest. They want to hold on to power. They want to hold on to 
whatever feelings they get by virtue of being in charge. Yeah, I, I'm not going to let these kids uh, here from this school uh, area go to a, uh, a STEM school on a scholarship. I'm not going to allow these opportunity zones to work because what happens then? They get over there and they start learning and they start showing that the kids from this school system aren't actually the ones to blame for this school system where they came out of it. Well, then we have to explain why is the school failing? It's not from a lack of money. They get plenty. Most systems get more than they should. Now, that's not going to be a real popular thought among school administrators and teachers around the country because they would very much like to see uh, themselves get a raise. And I would be the first person to say that a good teacher deserves a raise no matter what they're making. Actually teaching, kind of a big deal. Being good at it is a good deal. When you have a situation where you have a union in play, and I'm talking about the teachers' union in this place, where they make it impossible for you to weed out the bad teachers, but they have all this collective bargaining power, and then you have them giving large donations to Democratic candidates, and in Detroit, Democrats have been running the whole show for a while now then what you have is a whole lot of uh, self-interest, and none of that interest plays into the education of these kids who might grow up realizing that in the United States of America, they can control their own destiny, and they do have opportunities. The thing is they utilize the word systemic, and then they try to vague up what, what it's supposed to mean. Again, standard operating procedure for leftists in this country, uh, we're constantly changing what stuff means so that we can get away with saying it and so that we can sound like we're the reasonable ones. We're the thoughtful ones. We're the ones trying to, to help the people. Well, how are you helping people when you stand in the way <clears throat> of Kids being able to take advantage of opportunities. When you stand in the way of these kids being able to take care of these opportunities, take advantage of these opportunities because you're trying to protect people that contribute money to your campaigns that are pulling other political strings behind the scenes. The system is the government and how it's established. The people who are supposed to be administering the system, if they, if they administered it the way it's set up, there would be no issue. Individual corruption of individual people does not equate to systemic anything. The only real systemic argument you have is the fact that the system wasn't written – uh, the rules weren't established. The laws governing the rules weren't established strong enough, and the people that are overseeing that aspect to keep the folks that are supposed to be administering the system in line, that these people uh, are not in any elbow room at all. That's the only systemic flaw, and the problem with leaving no leeway at all is then you can't have creative solutions when problems arise, especially when new problems arise. So the problem isn't racism. 
It's political self-interest or it's greed. And the problem is the individuals that are supposed to be administering it because they don't give a rat's backside about who gets hurt as long as they get their way. That's it. The extent of it. It is legal. Of course, New Orleans wake up has uh, popped into the chat room, and uh, evidently he's uh, trying to stir up the pot in the chat room once again. <sighs> so first of all, welcome. Second of all, cut it out, would you? <laughs> You're just trying to be a provocateur. Uh, that's a bit much, my friend. All right. Um uh, And it comes down to a few very basic concepts, and, and the concepts being what kind of country do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a, a nation where individuals can experience liberty, freedom, or do you want to live in the kind of country where promises of People being in control are made, and then ultimately the government ends up in charge of everything, and the best you can hope for is to get a cushy job with the government, a job where you may be asked to kill people who simply disagree with you politically because that's eventually where that role leads to. I mean doubt me. Look at Venezuela. Look at where communist China is right now. You got barely there Beijing Biden still acting like uh, China is our friend and will be a good trade partner while the Chinese communist government have their own officials out uh, making statements publicly about how they're destroying our economy, and that that's their goal, that they will be the dominant force in the world because they that's been their goal since they took over. There's not been a where the communist Chinese government has ever not felt like their ultimate uh, their ultimate goal is to dominate the entire world, not just the United States, but the United States is their target because we are one of the few forces in this country in this world that is strong enough to push back to keep them from their ultimate goal. So what kind of country do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a constitutionally federated republic? Do you want to live in a country where the federal government has the level of power that they provide the basic fundamental services that they were intended to, and then for everything else, you barely know they're there? Or do you want cradle-to-grave control of your life? Because that's where you end up. When you go down the route of socialism, they're playing a game of incrementalism. <laughs> now, New Orleans is uh, dealing right now with some half-truths. Tim, the United States has worked to destabilize Venezuela and Cuba. If these country systems are flawed, why interfere? Embargoes hurt the populations. 
of nations. It's a half-truth. Because they did work to destabilize these countries after these countries made hard choices and committed human rights violations. You worked to destabilize them because the best route to fix a problem in another country is to let the people eventually rise up and take care of it. If the United States of America just rolls in across the borders, takes out the current leadership, all they end up doing is creating resentment among people… … who didn't know any better, and then you end up a couple of generations later with an AOC level of uh, people, and boom, what are you going to do? What about Saudi Arabia? What about Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia is on the other side of the world. It's a problem for a later day. Venezuela was the third largest economy in the world at one point in time before socialism. Took over. Cuba is right off of uh, our coastline for all intents and purposes. This is within the sphere of influence we should expect. Now, I would love for Saudi Arabia to stop committing human rights violations, but you know what? That would require. The extinction of Islam. Cuba is no threat. Well, Cuba isn't a threat now with the exception of the fact that they do try to export the ideology. The Castro regime and uh, the United States did have a, a lot of serious business interests at the time of the revolution too. So uh, the Castro regime did pose a threat, and uh, let's not forget the fact that they were very much uh, desirous of having nuclear missile silos pointed right at us right there. So why, em why embargo Cuba? Because they're still the same regime that they were under, uh, under Castro. Since Fidel's days, and Raul hasn't done anything to – there hasn't been a softening. Some American businesses say the embargo makes no sense because they stand to make money, and some of these people don't care about where their money comes from. Some people just say money's green. That's all that matters. Well, those are the same people that are invested in China too, and they would literally watch the country get flushed down the drain for them to squeeze out one last pit without realizing. <laughs> wake up system. Talking points. Well, your questions are talking points. You know, there's a reason why some talking points exist. You want to discredit it as just being a talking point, but lots of times that talking point is created because it is a truth. The same reason that uh, some cliches become so very cliche because there is proof. And uh, I, the bottom line here is echo chamber or not. That is a very basic and fundamental fact, and just because you don't like the way a fact sounds, because you don't like the way a fact uh, pops a hole in your little balloon doesn't make it any less true. Anybody who can 
come into this chat room like you did on your last visit and say you don't care how corrupt the Bidens may be is not spending enough time outside of your own echo chamber yourself, my friend. All right, so you're asking the question. So what I'm saying is the U.S. has the right to determine what other countries should be. No, but the United States does have the right to determine what types of nations they're going to do business with. Now, I would like for it to be very, very um, straightforward. I would like for it to be consistent. I would, but unfortunately, we can't be consistent 100% of the time. Sometimes we do have to choose the lesser of two evils. We continue to do business with the Saudi Arabian government because the Iranian government is far more dangerous. It's not ideal. It's not perfect. It's not fun. I would love, I would love for the entire Middle East to just be peaceful. I would love to live in that perfect world, but in the meanwhile, the United States, as a government, does have a responsibility to decide who they will and who they won't do business with. They decided they weren't going to do business with a communist Cuba. They should not do business with a socialist Venezuela. They should not do business with Saudi Arabia until they end the multiple practices of human rights violations. I agree with you in theory there. Unfortunately, we need allies in the region to push back against Iran, who is waiting for the opportunity to start launching nuclear weapons at Israel and the United States because they firmly believe in the ideology of the 12th Imam. They firmly believe it's their responsibility that it is their God-given, or in their case, Allah-given responsibility to wipe out the little and the big so that the 12th imam may come forth. If a country wants to be socialist, that's their business. That's fine, but they shouldn't expect us to support it, period. You want to go be socialist? Go be socialist somewhere else. Go talk to a communist country that wants to do business with you. And oh yeah, by the way, don't be surprised when they try to take you over uh, a few weeks later. Anyway, the show is rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country uh, in one-hour increments. So I'm going to have to reset the hour. So that will be it for the first hour, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here, and remember, whatever you heard from me today, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take the other guy's word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and more importantly to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, you know, be smart out there even if it goes against your nature. And uh, don't go anywhere if you're here at BTR Live. Hour number two starts right after this.
fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course with you as always i am your ever so humble and uh, you know me mostly peaceful host tim tap coming to you live from historic Rome county tennessee and wishing each and every one of you a happy holiday season hope you are enjoying the christmas slash hanukkah time of year uh, that you're enjoying time with your family, even if you're only doing it remotely. Hope you're cutting out a little extra time to do that. And, uh, you know, if you happen to be in California, uh, starting uh, tonight, actually, the new draconian lockdown rules that are a step above the previous draconian lockdown rules will be going into effect. So uh, presumably a lot of you will have plenty of time to just Get on your computers or your phones and, you know, do exactly that. So try not to lose hope or faith in the country or in your liberty while those who we have sadly put in positions of authority continue to run amok and uh, forget the fact that there are limits to their authorities and that people in this country typically do much, much better if you say, here's the actual science, here's what we're seeing, here's what we know right now. It is subject to change, and here's what we're asking you to do. And surprise, surprise, people will typically do that. All right. Anyway, uh, enough of that. This, of course, is the second hour of a live broadcast. So for the benefit of the folks who are listening to rebroadcasts on great stations across the country, uh, 
Uh, time of the live broadcast is Sunday, December 6th. It's 2020. It's a few brief moments after 4 p.m. Eastern. <sighs> we were having a conversation near the end of the first hour about socialism and countries' right to choose their path and the United States' role in being involved with it. And, uh, you know, The phrase destabilization has been thrown around a lot by a lot of people, and it sounds terrible and horrible, but let's not forget that people will use that phraseology when all that has actually occurred is a change in trade status has been created. Now, the hopes is to destabilize the regime, to allow the people to remove them and establish their own uh, improved regime thereafter. That's the ultimate goal of such things. But it is important to remember, no matter what, yes, people have a right to, to choose their form of government. Not, not very many people who are in charge at any given time feel that way. People have that right. But it's also important to remember that the path of socialism is the path to human despair and to destruction. And the people who choose, who willingly, openly choose socialism or full-blown communism, which usually occurs after socialism has been around a little bit… They are either A, woefully misinformed and are therefore duped or tricked into choosing it because they want to believe the utopian dream, or they are the people that are willfully trying to dupe you, trying to trick you into doing their dirty work and the heavy lifting to let them take charge of something that they don't have the power to take charge of otherwise. Anyway, with that being said, let's take a look at an actual news story. I've got a couple of them in the show description. I've hit one of them. Let's see if I can get to the other one before I run out of time. This next one I think is kind of interesting because there's a lot of folks who still don't even know that this has happened. It, I, again, I've commented a great deal of my frustration with the uh, legacy media and their failure to actually – Report news. They want to pick and choose. They're making editorial decisions not based on what's important information in regards to big stories we're reporting on, but what aspects of these stories help propagate the narrative we're trying to tell and which ones maybe work against the narrative we're trying to tell. When that, when that is your goal, when that is your journalistic standard, when that is your editorial standard… You should not be surprised that people are losing faith in you. This is one such story. So just so that you're aware of it, you may be hard-pressed to find it, but uh, Carter Page is officially a federal judge to allow him to be heard at the upcoming sentencing for Kevin 
Smith. Now, Klein Smith, of course, is the former FBI lawyer who ended up admitting to altering an email from the CIA about the former Trump aides' relationship with the spy agency. Remember, he made that change in order to try to get a FISA warrant. He made that change to illegally spy on the Trump campaign. There's no question any longer. There's no doubt any longer. There's just a deafening silence from the powers that be unless you happen to be part of the Trump camp. Now, in a court filing submitted this past Friday, Page's attorney also asked that he be granted restitution, saying that the actions by Klein Smith and others on the FBI's crossfire hurricane team advanced the false theory that Page was a Russian spy. He's got a pretty good case there. Page's lawyer, Leslie McAdoo Gordon – that's a pretty name <laughs> – Anyway, Leslie McAdoo Gordon asserted <laughs> – that's a fun name to say. I'm sorry. Uh, Page's lawyer asserted that Page has a right to speak at Kleinsmith's sentencing under the Crime Victims' Rights Act, which allows the victims of federal crimes to be heard at public court proceedings. Now, Kleinsmith, who advised investigators on Crossfire Hurricane – and later served on the special counsel's team, pleaded guilty on August 19th to making false statements in a written government document. He acknowledged in his plea deal to adding the phrase not a source to the June 2017 email from a CIA liaison who had provided information about Page's past relationship with the CIA. Basically, he falsified a federal document to get – a FISA warrant, and he's admitted that he's done it. But most of America doesn't know that that has occurred. Most of America, the majority of America that only pays attention to the legacy media probably has no idea that anybody's pleaded guilty with this, and probably half of the country still believes that uh, Page was a Russian asset if they remember Page's name at all. They're still convinced that Donald Trump was a Russian spy, and all the people around Donald Trump's campaign were Russian spies, even though at this point it's been a well-established fact that Crossfire Hurricane had no legal grounds to be started. There was a crime here. It was a federal crime. The Obama administration in its waning days refused to acknowledge Donald J. Trump won the election and immediately started working to undermine him. It was a constitutional crisis that started right out the gate. The very fact that anybody in this administration felt the need to write a CYA memo and email it to themselves tells you they were afraid of potential legal issues should it be discovered because their team wasn't in charge for the next four years. Klein Smith changed an email to get the FISA warrant, intentionally misled the FISA courts, falsified documents, and should face heavy consequences. But it would also be different if Klein Smith was the only one who knew that happened. A lot of looking the other way, a lot of encouraging to take whatever steps were necessary because, hey, hey, when you're a leftist, guess what? The, the ends 
It justifies whatever means are necessary, right? It's like we're the good guys. We know we're the good guys. the smartest people. We always know the right thing. You people out there, you're stupid. You're too stupid to know when it's when it's necessary to follow the rules and when it's necessary not to. Oh, and that's why we'll never let you decide for yourself when you can and cannot follow the rules. Live under our draconian orders. Live under our boot. But we're benevolent leaders. We're really just doing what's best for you. Never mind the fact that you keep getting poorer and poorer. Never mind the fact that the cities that we control, lock, stock, and barrel, continue to fall apart at the seams. Never mind the fact that even in those situations, our mansions keep getting bigger, that we keep having more while you get less, and we keep propagating the myth, the lie, the notion, the idea that we're here for you. Isn't it funny how the folks that constantly tell you that fair and honest reckoning, that we want business to be allowed to to do business, how when those folks are in charge and when the government is held at bay, when the government is uh, kept out of the way… Usually enough, then everybody does better. Now, not everybody's getting rich, but everybody's doing better. Isn't it funny? Isn't it odd? Why doesn't more people point this out? Why doesn't that more people realize that to be the case? I'm looking around. I'm seeing everybody doing better in certain situations. And then I turn around and I see everybody doing worse, except for a select few. Other folks are in charge. Why is that? Now, Page was what's known as an operational contact for the CIA. He held that position in 2008 all the way through 2013. Now, an operational contact just means that you have uh, a limited use, but they occasionally… Uh, will have you collect certain intel for them, normally not particularly high value, normally not super high secret. But the fact of the matter is is that if you are operating as an operational contact, then you are probably being encouraged by the CIA to have certain conversations with certain foreign nationals that might otherwise look suspicious to the average American if you didn't know that they were working for the CIA, which also in turn means that if you were a FISA judge and you happened to see that contact was being made between, say, Carter Page and some foreign national of questionable repute, (coughs) then yeah, it seems like it might be a good idea to go ahead and issue that FISA warrant because… Clearly, something's going on. If you're told by the FBI's lawyer that he was not a source for the CIA, if you were lied to, if you had doctored documents in the form of this edited email, which became an official document once it was used to help build this case. Now, Kleinsmith failed to share details of Page's CIA relationship with an FBI superior. He failed to share details of that relationship with an FBI supervisory agent, and that supervisory agent 
happened to be the one who put together an application to renew a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant, a.k.a. FISA. This warrant against Page back in June of 2017. Now, Carter Page is actually suing some of these people for a total of $75 million. Now, if he ends up winning, I'm going to flip uh, around from being uh, completely outraged by the fact that they would do this to hoping they'll do it to me because I want to cash in on that kind of money too. Punishment must be doled out. I'm not a big fan of the suing for millions of dollars when I know that ultimately the individuals will probably end up being protected, and if he gets a dime, it's probably going to come from taxpayers as opposed from the individuals themselves. Even though that's who he's targeting, and technically the government will tell you they won't make good on that. You know, eventually, if they if they manage to uh, come across with any dollars, it's still going to come from sources that most likely originated from taxpayer funds. Now, John Durham, U.S. attorney handling the Klein Smith case, he's seeking a sentence of between three and six months for the former lawyer. Three to six months. I'm kind of torn on that because if you knowingly falsified a document, that seems pretty serious to me. I mean I'm trying to put myself in a position of is that a reasonable punishment? I'm trying to ask the question because it feels like it isn't, but I'm trying to decide if part of the reason that feels that way to me is because I don't like what the result was. I don't like what his goal was. His goal was to get that FISA warrant because they were working to completely discredit Donald Trump or work to try to undo the results of an election that was held and occurred. You had the Electoral College vote, and it was all said and done. They were actively operating a soft coup. I've heard some people criticize that language. I think that's pretty accurate language. There was a very big difference between uh, trying to challenge an election result and then actively trying to overthrow the winner of said election. And again, I'll remind you in presidential politics, the popular vote is not the determinant of who wins the election. The actual election still hasn't occurred yet. Trying to determine who's going to represent the states to make those selections is what occurred in the popular vote, and right now those are being challenged. And given the number of clear and obvious shenanigans that occurred, every legal avenue should be pursued… To get to the truth, period, end of discussion. If at the end of every legal avenue you still haven't made a convincing case, then you move on. But you don't stop fighting just because people are like, oh no, we got to move on. We got to go. We got to hurry. I mean, for four years, not acknowledge Donald Trump as a legitimate president. The phrase illegitimate has come out of the mouths of people 
from Barack Obama to Hillary Clinton, freaking uh, Nancy Pelosi, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib. These are just a few of the better-known, bigger-name folks. Lots and lots of people on the left, politicians, political advisors, pundits, media personalities, and celebrities have all been out in front of cameras and microphones every opportunity they had. Uh, Donald Trump was illegitimate. They've never acknowledged it, so fine. That's fair. You never acknowledge George W. Bush legitimately beat Al Gore. Now, you may have a legitimate case to say that there's an asterisk that belongs on that because of how things played out. But again, it was Al Gore who kept fighting tooth and nail to try to to hang on to that. I don't remember a whole lot of conservatives saying uh, Al Gore should just, uh, just stop it. Not when he had legitimate questions. What happened in Florida? Now there were a lot because they wanted to just move on, but that's the thing. Where's the consistency at? There's a big difference between people just legitimately saying, "I really wish you'd just stop," because I like how it ended, as opposed to saying, "You know what? Uh, uh, this is a lie. There's no question. The election's over. It should be done." Why is this being allowed to happen? That didn't take place. Anyway, the court filing this week, Durham asserted that Smith knew that Page's relationship with the CIA was of significance to the Crossfire Hurricane investigation and that it should have been disclosed to the federal court that approves FISA warrants. Well, it's hard to deny it at that point, isn't it? There's more than enough proof. Going to throw a perjury charge on top of everything else, especially when it sounds like you offered a pretty daggum uh, sweetheart deal here. I mean, is that part of the plea deal? Well, we're only going to ask for a few months, so just just go along with it because what what would be the maximum? How many years would you be looking at if uh, you didn't work out the plea deal? Kleinsmith told uh, the Justice Department uh, Office of the Inspector General that any relationship between Page and the spy agency would drastically – I'm doing air quotes here. It doesn't work great on the radio, but air quotes here – would drastically change how the FBI handled its FISA application. Kleinsmith also told the IG that the FBI and the Justice Department had, quote, big, big concern that investigators had targeted a CIA source. So he knew that that was something that they were they he knew that that would probably be a breaker in renewing the Carter Page FISA warrant. Klein Smith is seeking a sentence of probation with no jail time. Wow, shocker! Uh, uh, Your Honor, I, I know. Because I'm a lawyer, I, I, I know how bad this actually is. I essentially try to frame someone. Um, seems pretty serious. But because I was only trying to save the country from the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the the climate arsonist, I was trying to save the country. So really, I'm a patriot. But 
technically I broke the law and I, I should pay some penance for breaking the law. So how about just how about a little probation and, and you know, I just consider my lesson having been learned, so I don't need to go to jail. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame him for him hoping that's the sentencing. I don't blame him at all. I mean, that's what I would hope for if I was up uh, in front of a judge. Uh, there's a really good chance you could go to jail over a pretty serious crime, but, Your Honor, I'm really sorry. Uh, can you just put me on probation and uh, just know that I've really learned my lesson so I don't need to go to jail? I, yeah, I, I don't blame him for hoping for that. Page's lawyer said in Friday's court filing that he wishes to be heard at Kleinsmith's court hearing but has no plans to weigh in on whether Kleinsmith should go to prison. <coughs> he wants to make an impact statement. He wants the judge to have some idea of how much this really affected his life. Now, I know a lot of leftists out there are probably thinking, well, you know, you had the nerve to be associated with Donald Trump in a way where you weren't just constantly berating him. So you should, you should face some type of criminal charge for that alone. I mean AOC is still making her enemy lists. Several other leftists are also out there making enemies list, and at the top of the list is anybody who uttered a positive word about Donald J. Trump at any point in the last six years. Sadly, that's going to include some folks in the Clinton family if they go that far back because they were still getting donations then. doesn't want to talk about what the, the punishment should be, but he wants the judge to know before you issue punishment what this really did to me, how criminal it actually is, why it's criminal. Because it isn't just a case of, in theory, in a judicial classroom as you're trying to earn your uh, doctorate in uh, in the, the judicial arts. It's not just some theoretical statement. It's not a, a talk about whatever the current standard may be. This is something that's made illegal because it has real-world consequences, and it messes with people's lives. He wants to have a chance to be heard. Quoting here said that he will not seek imposition of a particular sentence, but wants to underscore that Kleinsmith's offense was malicious and intentional. Kleinsmith altered the email in order to hide the truth about whether Dr. Page had been a for the intelligence agent and that the information had previously been withheld from the uh, FISC. Again, that's from Gordon, Page's attorney. Gordon also asserts in the filing that Kleinsmith's actions helped fuel false allegations that Page was a traitor to the country. The Crossfire Hurricane team began investigating Page and three other Trump campaign advisors' possible ties to Russia in August of 2016. <coughs> Investigators sought FISAs on Page after receiving the information and unverified Steele dossier, 
which alleged that Page was a key player in a well-developed conspiracy of corruption with the Kremlin to influence the 2016 election, that they were conspiring to cooperate to try to prevent Hillary Clinton. When you know the bottom line is between the two, given the little patty cake games that Hillary Clinton was playing when she was Secretary of State, when she was running around with her gigantic prop reset button, you got to know the Kremlin would have much preferred to have Hillary Clinton in the White House because at that point, under the Obama administration, uh, they were acting like Russia and China were our best buds. This is how we make peace in the area. No. You don't sell out your own country to appease tyrants, bullies, and thugs. Sadly, sometimes what you have to do is counter with a bigger tyrant, bully, or thug. Sometimes that's the step you have to take. That was part of what some people thought they were getting with Donald Trump. They thought he was the kind of guy that would be a bully, a big enough bully to push back. I think some people feel that's a fair assessment today. There's lots of people on the left that mistakenly think tyrant. They don't understand what the word tyrant means. I'm once again reminded of the Princess Bride. You keep using this word. You do not think it means what you think it means because it doesn't mean what they think it means. They don't understand, ooh, I'm anti-fascist while I'm going out here committing acts of fascism. I'm anti-racist the whole time being racist. There's lots of words these folks don't seem to understand, don't seem to know the meanings of. Donald Trump has been more respectful of our federalist system of government than any elected president since before the Civil War. They don't like that because… Oh, you're not using excuses. You're not using emergencies. You're not using viruses as an excuse to increase the federal government's power. How dare you? And also, yes, if you had, we would have still called you a tyrant. When you're in a lose-lose situation, how do you win? You take your best shot. You do the right thing. Donald Trump said a lot of things, keeps saying a lot of things. But when you remember rhetoric and you the action, get the results. Donald Trump's one of the best presidents we've had, and history will record it that way when it's all said and done. Because the socialists and the would-be communists and the would-be overthrowers, they are not going to win the day. Too many folks are waking up. Too many folks are catching on to the game. They're not going to win the day. At the end of all this, we have finally started to get a taste of what it's like not to have the freedoms that we've been taking for granted for so long, and it is causing people to wake up. That's why you're seeing folks who had traditionally voted Democrat most of their lives, if not all their lives, joining the walkaway movement. That's why you see a lot of folks from the black community joining the Blexit movement. That's why you see a lot of folks that are coming to realize – that regardless of what situations you want to convince yourself about Donald Trump, his policies created opportunities for people who hadn't had real opportunities in this country for decades, and in some cases, if ever. 
the existence of the FISA warrants against Page was leaked to the Washington Post on April 11, 2017. The story was widely viewed as evidence that the FBI had good reason to investigate Page and then therefore the Trump campaign. Therefore, Trump is a spy. He's a Russian asset. Russian collusion, the delusion was not only born, but it was propagated by these actions. The special counsel's investigation ultimately found no evidence, zero, not a, not a bit of evidence that Page or any other Trump aides conspired with Russia. Other allegations in the Steele dossier, which was funded by the DNC and Clinton campaign, have crumbled under scrutiny over the past several years. The Justice Department IG released a scathing report on December 9th of 2019 that said the Crossfire Hurricane team made 17 significant errors and omissions in its FISA applications against Page. Not a few minor, not one or two major things that might have been a typo, 17 significant errors. Page sued the FBI, the Justice Department, Kleinsmith, and other current and former FBI officials on November 27th, citing the details laid out in the IG report. So in her final court filing Friday, Gordon asserted that Page has, quote, suffered significant reputational, emotional, and financial harm as a result of the unlawful warrant process in which defendant Kleinsmith was a full participant. Former friends, associates, and colleagues shunned Carter Page due to their mistaken belief in the accuracy of the FISA process that labeled Dr. Page a former naval officer and patriotic American as a turncoat engaged in treason. Now, Judge James uh, Brosberg, who's handling Kleinsmith's case in the district court in Washington, D.C., he set Kleinsmith's sentencing for January 7th. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm more than a little curious. I, I would like to actually see Carter Page get the opportunity to speak up and speak out. I would like to see Carter Page have the opportunity to, to make his impact statement. I'll be kind of rooting for that, and I hope he keeps his word too. I hope that he doesn't say a single word about what the sentencing should be. I hope it stays strictly on what the impact was, and I will leave it, of course, to Page's attorney. To make the case as to how many laws were violated here, how intentional this was, how many other people were falsely accused of things as a result, how many other people suffered, how many taxpayer dollars were wasted as a result of the malfeasance of the federal government, the shadow government, the swamp, who had no other desire… Than to delegitimize Donald J. Trump. Didn't matter what the cost was to the American people. They 
like the swamp. It's where they live. It's their home. They wanted the swamp to be left alone. They did not want somebody from outside of the club, someone that wasn't part of the clique, to suddenly be in a position where they could, you know, gum up the works just a little bit. There's a lot of money to be made when you're in D.C., when you play the game. There's a lot of power to be usurped when you're in D.C., when you play the game, when you don't have a conscience, when you don't care about anything else other than your own objectives, when you don't mind using Americans who are suffering from a glorious lack of life experience to manipulate them, to have them believe that socialism is a good thing. That's what we should bring to the United States. That would be fair. People who don't understand the meaning of the word fair. Just because you think something isn't fair doesn't mean that it isn't fair. What makes it unfair that, uh, that you didn't get your way but somebody else did. Well, that's not fair. But isn't it? How is it? Why is it that they got their way and you didn't? Could it be based on something other than just your feelings? Shouldn't most things in life be based on something other than just your feelings? It is an astounding astounding day that I find myself waking up to this morning and knowing what uh, that tomorrow will be just as astounding anyway it is about that time in fact I've kind of blown past the mid-hour break so uh, what do you say I try to get that taken care of and uh, you guys stay right where you're at and I will be right back candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas Candy Cane. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd, who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. 
Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stated with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time. But the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Please check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello and welcome to your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. Go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your Veterans Tip of the Day. I'm Dan Perkins. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Thank you so very much. Appreciate you being here and staying with me through those very brief breaks. Um, you know, I I can't help but wonder what things are going to look like in January at this point. Because yeah, I, I think that we're seeing the escalation of violence on the street, but we're seeing legacy media pretty much ignore it, not want to report it. It's disconcerting, to say the least. I think we're seeing uh, a lot of folks out there that are experiencing a new level of frustration. I think we are going to see a lot of hopes pinned on two runoff elections for senatorial seats in the state of Georgia. And uh, I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of folks really react one to the other because the Folks on the left, if uh, both Republicans win those seats, they're going to they're going to be angry that there's still going to remain some type of check on the uh, agenda. Uh, if if Democrats win one or both of those, you're going to feel a lot of frustration from folks that are tired of being pushed around uh, that aren't just going to sit back and take it. It's going to get very interesting. Hopefully the ballot box will still be where they decide to, to make these changes, and, and I'm all for recall elections. If that's what you feel is necessary, that would be the preferred method of addressing it. But we also need to keep in mind that a big part of the problem isn't who's in what office, but what these offices do today compared to what they were meant to do originally. Right now you have a legislative body at the federal level that doesn't want to legislate. They're supposed to offer up a budget and then you know they're well they're supposed to pass a budget. Now cheap is actually work up a budget whatever changes and then they pass that budget along, you know, it, it's it's a process. But when was the last time we had a, a budget instead of continuing resolutions? Before W, right about W, somewhere around there. 
When was the last time we saw a, a congressman to stand up and bring to the floor any of the things that need to be addressed? Uh, let's say illegal immigration, for example. Uh, under Barack Obama, the first two years, they had full control of the House and the Senate. Why didn't they do something legally then? Could pass the laws. Wouldn't have needed executive orders, which are not legal to begin with. Uh, the executive orders uh, have their power and authority within the executive branch, not outside of it. You know the whole thing about DACA. There's a reason why DACA is uh, on my mind here because I wanted to finish up the show with uh, this discussion because another branch of our government that seems to have forgotten what its actual role is is the judiciary. And as evidence, as evidence, as evidence, in Brooklyn, New York, of course, a federal judge this past Friday ordered the Trump administration to fully reinstate the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, aka DACA, opening the door for potentially hundreds of thousands of unlawful present immigrants to apply for the protection. Now. Again, if you are inside this country legally, you are not an immigrant. Immigrant Immigration is a legal process. You cannot illegally do a legal thing. So you are, at best, a migrant. Now, <clears throat> of course, former occupier of the White House, Barack Hussein Alawakbar Obama, used his executive powers that he doesn't actually have to introduce DACA in 2012. To shield some individuals who entered the United States illegally as children from deportation if they met certain conditions. The Trump administration moved to end the program in 2017 and stopped accepting applications. Friday's directive, which also is unconstitutional, I might add, uh, restores the enrollment process and returns DACA back to its original form. However, the Trump administration can appeal the decision. They will. They should. Uh, the program also faces a legal challenge in a Texas federal court. According to the New York Times – great news source there, by the way. According to the Times, though, DACA has protected more than 800,000 people known as dreamers since its inception. Quoting here, Juliana uh, Modesso um, – a DACA recipient, living from court to court ruling on the whims of politicians or which way the wind is blowing is cruel and dehumanizing. The incoming Biden-Harris administration must use every tool at their disposal to move on permanent solutions for immigrant youth and over 11 million undocumented people living in this country we won't wait. Okay, so obviously following the Antifa uh, model, uh, we just continue to make demands. Now, I have legitimate empathy and even so much as uh, sympathy for people who were brought here as children, who were not given a say in the matter, who the United States of America is their only home. It's the only home they know. If you were to take them to Guatemala, if you were to take them to Honduras, they would have no idea 
what to do, where to go, how, how, how do you live a life in Honduras? Now, they could figure it out pretty quickly. I'm not trying to diminish their capabilities to adapt or be intelligent. Now, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that if the United States of America is the only home you've known, then I have some legitimate sympathy for them. But it doesn't change the fact that they have no legal reason for being here. They were brought here against their will. Was it really? I get why the parents did it, but I'm not forgiving of the parents because there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. Now, if you want to go to Congress and you want to overhaul the laws and make it easier for folks in certain positions uh, to be able to come here… Uh, we can have those debates. We can have that talk and then just go do it, but it's doing it the right way. If you want to make it easier for folks to come here legally, then that's the route you're supposed to go. If you want to make things legitimate, you go through Congress. You cannot sit back and watch and wait for an executive order because those executive orders… They don't have any power, and the courts have completely lost their minds on this in the first place. Barack Hussein al-Awakbar Obama wrote an executive order, one that he acknowledged almost to the day a year previous that he didn't have the power to do. You know why? Because Barack Obama, uh, for whatever you want to say about him, he knows the Constitution. There's no greater uh, person to try to tear something down than somebody who knows it well. He knows the Constitution. He knows he didn't have any legal authority to create DACA in the first place. And then as soon as uh, the next chief executive comes along and writes an executive order undoing a previous executive order, for the first time in the history of this nation, suddenly a court says, wait a minute. You can't do that. You know why they did that? Because Trump, because Orange man bad because kicker of puppies, eater of babies, climate arsonist. Not because of law, not because of precedent, not because of the understanding of what the Constitution says about the authority of an executive order and its existence. No, none of that. All because, well, he's, he's Trump. That's crap. DACA should not exist right now because Donald Trump did write an executive order ending it, and he wrote in that executive order, by the way, now it's time for Congress to do their job. He didn't do it out of malice. He didn't do it out of racism. He didn't do it out of hatred for the so-called dreamers. He did it because he understands that that order should never, never have existed in the first place. He did it because it's time for the elected officials in the House and the Senate to get off their backsides and stop – scapegoating a different position in the government. It's real easy to sit here and talk about, well, the president did this, the president did that. Well, how about you do your jobs, senators, congressmen? How about you go on the record? How about you vote on stuff? How about you pass some bills and then get them signed by the president and then see if they stand up to legal challenges? You know, The way this system is supposed to work, you have a responsibility, and, and oh yes, your honors across the great many courts in this land. How about you actually follow the precedent that has existed since the beginning of the concept of the judiciary? And that is, you make your rulings not based on your personal feelings, not based on your 
ideas of social engineering, but based solely on the law as it exists. How about that? It would be amazing how many of the current problems we're facing would magically disappear. Now, we'd have a whole new set of problems. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows instantly. But most of what we're looking at right now all go away if you just follow current law, if you just enforce current law, if you just make rulings based on… On the job description of being a judge. These things happen, and suddenly, da 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 da, things start looking better. Not just for some, but for almost all. How's that? What a, what a radical idea. How about this for immigration reform? How about we start enforcing the laws that are currently on the books? Bam! How about this for uh, the treatment of uh, ex chief executives and their executive orders? How about we treat them with the amount of legal authority they actually have in accordance with the Constitution? Bam! We do that, and then we don't have to worry about Donald Trump having written an executive order doing away with DACA because – the courts would have done away with DACA already. Uh, sorry, guys. You can't do this. You don't have the authority. Only Congress can pass the law. This needs to be a law. Congress has the authority here. Hey, Congress, go do your job. Is, is this too something radical? Does simply saying this make me a bigot, make me a racist, make me a homophobe, make me an Islamophobe, uh, all these names that get thrown at me? Does just saying, hey, Congress, do your job, does that constitute the same thing? I would love to know because at this point I haven't seen very many things that I can say to anybody that doesn't get that response. I know it's mostly because they don't have a legitimate argument against what I'm saying, so then it's time to demonize. We have to demonize and discredit. We have to make you look like you are a monster, and nobody should listen to monsters no matter how much sense they're making, right? That's, that's where we're at, right? Welcome to America 2020. What a great year. 2021 promises to be even better. Look out if you happen to be conservative, if you happen to be Christian. Look out. You're part of the new cool clique to be targeted, although it's not really new. They're just getting braver and bolder and bolder and braver. There comes a point where we've really got to get back to the fundamental understanding of why our federal government was framed the way that it was. Now, that requires some actual education. It doesn't require indoctrination bovine excrement like the 1619 Project. It involves actually learning what happened, not taking a narrative of the way we thought it might have been, which, by the way, it's been admitted that that's exactly what it was. Unbelievable. All right, I, I'm going to have to stop there. I'm running out of time. Anyway, 
Thanks to everybody who hung out in the chat room today. I greatly appreciate it, even if you were just here to try and uh, uh, stir things up a bit. I'm looking at you, New Orleans. Uh, Hank Jones, thank you for hanging out with us today, too. Great to have you back in the chat room. Uh, Chief, uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, shout out to Cajun, who was here earlier, but it uh, looks like he went to go have uh, go have some, I don't know, maybe a late lunch or an early dinner. Either way, <laughs> hope he enjoys. And remember... Ladies and gentlemen, whatever else you take from today, don't take anything I've said as gospel, not one little bit of it. I don't want you to do that. I mean, I would love it if you trust me enough to. I really would, but that's not what I'm asking. I want you to – if you hear anything, whether you believe it or not, go check it out for yourself. Get multiple sources of information to – Please, please don't just go to CNN and think you're getting the full picture. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But – you know, the the is don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take the other guy's word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, you guys out there, stay safe, stay healthy if you can, and uh, you know, be even if it kind of goes against your nature. I'm out now. Hopefully, does. Back again on Tuesday night. Uh, you're welcome to join me then. And like I said, fingers crossed, hoping to be here. Um, I don't think there's a reason to miss, but things are still kind of crazy at the day job. So, anyway, God bless. Merry Christmas and uh, happy Hanukkah and uh, have a great week. I'm out.